Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift for the Jebel Jais recap. One of the unique hockey stick stages in cycling it's an easy stage. They'll all do 100 watts in the wheels. No climbs before for 150 Ks as they go out to Jebel Jais. 20 Ks, 5.6% steady as it comes. It's largely in one direction, this climb. And then with 1,500 meters, they turn around and the wind direction will change there. So I think Lutschenko got killed by a headwind on this the other year. Jonas Vingegaard's won on this finish, clutching his heart. Big win for him. Who else has won? Oh, Pog has won, of course, last year <laughs> in a group sprint where there were some attacks. To remind you of the GC situation before the stage, it was Plap in GC, not by by positions, Benji? Not by milliseconds. Yes, correct. It was not by milliseconds. We dove into the rules, and apparently milliseconds only counts if there was an individual time trial, not when it comes to a team time (laughs) trial. So in this case, it was based on the standings of the previous stages summed up to each other, except for the team time trial, because that position didn't count in that math. And as a consequence, Plap was higher in stage one, seventh, I think, and then MQ was eighth on stage one, and therefore Plap was in the lead going into stage three. So some mad math behind the scenes, but hey, we had our Plappy in the lead, and uh, the Plapster was going to start in the red jersey today. And uh, well, today, uh, let's talk about the break for like 10 seconds. There was a break, and then there was no break on the climb. Lascano was the last rider that was left over from that break. Some Bardiani riders were in there, and uh, someone else, I think, Edward Plunkard or another Plunkard. I think it's Edward this time around. That's a big family, if it's even related to the other. <laughs> it's a big side family. family, isn't it? The, the Belgians would know what I'm talking <laughs> about because there's so many Plunkards out there. But anyway, I'll throw it back to you because uh, a lot of these riders are training on Zwift, right? They are, and one of them would be Tarling. I said I expected big things of him today on Ineos. He uses. Zwift or Ineos use Zwift and he was good on Jabel Jais. This is the sort of climb that people don't have in their backyard. It's a really good sort of effort, 5%, a long effort. And instead of having to get two flights from Sydney and then uh, probably an awkward bus transfer, sit in a hostel, and then my bike probably break, you can just get the Zwift hub and do this climb in the comfort of your own home. No muss, no fuss, no traffic lights. The best priced trainer, direct drive trainer on the market. Jump on, jump into Zwift on the Zwift Hub. Check out the link down below. You won't be disappointed. Easy to set up. No sweat set up, and it'll unlock all these sort of climbs and worlds on Zwift with a full immersion feel that you might not be able to get on the road in wherever you live. Don't be limited by where you live. Anyway, back to Jabal Jais, Benji. 
who needed to do something today? Javine yeah. abandoned before the stage. He had a knee issue, according to the UAE press release. I'm not sure if he'll still do Catalonia, which is in about a month, I think, 20th of March. I'm going back to Andorra in, in a week, and then I'll be going back uh, for that. The So he abandoned. Who needed something out of this stage? Because Quickstep already got a stage, and Remco's knocking on the door for GC, but who else? So if we look at the GC, we see Quickstep at Avenipool, we see Ineos with Flap in there, and we see Bahrain with Bilbao in there. And all three of those riders might be pretty happy with the situation of just defending and making sure that Adam Yates doesn't come any closer. So UAE is the team that I was expecting to really put the hammer down, go hard on this, maybe try and go for attacks left and right towards the end if they don't see it possible to get away with Adam Yates because this is not the most selective climb, Jabal Jais. We were expecting a, a bit of a group sprint with the GC riders at the top of this climb yesterday. And when it comes to UAE, they have multiple riders to do stuff for a stage win, but only really one rider where I see the opportunity of winning GC. But he lost so much time in stage one. Adam Yates, he's on a minute 20, 25 or something after the team time trial is my pure guess. So... That's already a long while, and I said yesterday, I don't believe in Adam Yates winning GC in this race anymore, and he had to do something today to get closer to change my mind on that, and we didn't necessarily see UAE take over at the bottom of Jabel Jais, right? Because I felt like we saw, first of all, the break getting caught at the bottom of Jais, like I mentioned, and it was a combination of Melir for quick step, riding a bit of yeah, tempo Melir. at the front, but let's be, on- let's be honest about <laughs> nah, it. He- he's not going to... Oh, he's going to drop Adam Yates. <laughs> Maybe Adam Yates. Nah, he won't drop him. Um, no one really took full control at the start. Bora were just sort of there. They had Gamper and Mullen for, and Zwiehoff and Buchmann. Quickstep don't have their Giro team here. They brought neither a lead out nor any climbing domestiques except for Vavaka. Schmidt's more of a versatile rider. Um there's no Van Wilder, Masnada here, it is what I mean, or Maori for their premium climbing domestiques, which people say they don't have or don't exist uh, on the team. They do have some. The Ineos really were the team that tried to control this climb, and I would say UAE in spurts tried to do things on this climb. What their <laughs> overall... like. I'm trying to deduce what their plan was, Benji, because it was Björg coming up, pacing really hard. This is on 5%, by the way. Like The draft yeah. is huge. They're going 30 kilometers an hour, pacing really hard for a bit, and then they stop, and then no one else would pace, and then at 11Ks, Solaire attacked. At 11Ks yeah. from a group of 50, Like, what's the point? Yeah, but if you look at those attacks as well, like if Björg starts pacing and... Either he paces hard to actually get the attack going or the riders behind notice that they don't need to actually follow UAE's move because if Yates is not in the wheel of Bjerg, let him ride off to victory because he's not dangerous for GC anyway. So a team like Ineos and Quipstep shouldn't care about Bjerg going up the road. And it felt like they were still responding with Ineos and Bora quite vividly to the moves of, of UAE. Whether it was Bjerg or Soler later on was Closed pretty quickly by the likes of Gumper and Tarling and so forth. Quickstep seemed to be more of the 
let's calm down, guys, and leave those attackers on a bit of a gap while they came back to the peloton in that sense. But I agree. What is the point of making Gnome's moves with UAE? Because if you pace hard before you launch with Solera at 11 kilometers to go, and Solera gets closed down instantly by those two riders, which are, I think it was Gumper and Tarling, and it takes 10 seconds for them to be back in the peloton, and then the UAE train is on like third row in the peloton suddenly, and doesn't keep up the tempo, you're not making this race hard for the possibility of GC. You're at this point only trying to get away with someone for a stage win, is what I see, right? Because yeah, you're not going to get anything out of this race. But I think that's what they should be going for. What if they, okay. they're not going to win GC yeah. unless Yates goes completely crazy on her feet? Well, the next best thing is winning a stage. So you might win on her feet, but two stages is better than none. And currently they're sitting at no one on the podium, no stage result. And so, yeah, but wide 14k, wide 11k. Oh, that's yeah, what of I course. Don't get. We know the pattern of this climb you pace, you keep it together, and then you hope Remco burns his domestiques and Ineos have no domestiques, and then you attack with Soler and McNulty, who are on like three minutes. And Remco's like, meh, whatever, and yeah. he doesn't react to them like Jonas won. Like, that's how you win the stage. And then Yates can sit in the wheels because he won't be allowed to go. Um, he can try yeah. from the sprint. Or you line it out and give him a lead out because he has come second to Pog on this stage before. He's done well on this finish too. Yates isn't slow. Uh, but yeah, they didn't really have a plan from what I could see. Quick step, as you said, we're keeping it tranquilo. They didn't have the horses to really do much else. Seri but- had a flat as well that yeah. took him out of action and then he drafted a car literally at 45 kph <laughs> past everyone that was dropped back to the bunch it was like a, it was an organized car or a quick step car but i can't tell because they're all in the same toyota land cruiser i think yeah because like the teams don't actually get their team cars from the european countries and american countries where they got them stacked probably in europe they don't get them over to uh the uae to have them in races so the, the organization like gives like unbranded cars to the teams with like in a in a like the most basic font, it says like Yambo Visma, UAE Team Emirates. So if you're a rider, it must be really difficult to find your bloody car in the convoy based on what they look like, in my yeah, opinion. True. But I don't know if it was a, a quick step car or not. I couldn't see the the side where it said quick step or not. But uh it wouldn't shock me if it was the quick step but uh car, to be honest. But I also don't really mind because at least it gave us some tension on whether the the move that was upcoming would go anywhere. Because while Quickstep had City back at the front and so forth, I feel like Kudvaka was still there, Schmidt was still there, Tarling was doing really well for Ineos in this race. I think he's 80 kilos, so not the easiest. But then again, this climb is not the Gana's 10% sections of Jabal Hafid. Agreed. Ghana style. Now, a move came from Movistar, and uh, I'll let you talk about it. It was a duo attack. Big. This is a big tick in the box for Tug Buddies. Well, you know world round <laughs> torres the track guy um yeah launching Ina rubio big weight difference and that's what he like rubio probably can't hit a thousand watts I, I doubt it and so for him to get separation from the group is going to be really difficult and at 35 40 kilometers an hour uphill and to have that guy break the wind and drag him away which I kind of thought Björk could have fulfilled that role for a McNulty or a Solaire. Um, he kept doing it without anyone in his wheel. I didn't get it. Um, but Torres did that for Rubio. I thought, nice 
nice try, Movistar. Like, you're trying to do something. Like, good on you. But I didn't, I've got to be honest, in the moment, I didn't take it seriously. Yeah. This climb is so long. The gradient is so shallow. The group was so big. There were so many riders and teams without a stage win here with riders who are good climbers like DSM, like Biombo Visma, who are not close on GC with multiple climbers who can attack or pull like Lechnerson for Van Hoeker, like Kuz for Glog, or just attack or whatever that I thought he's going to get pulled back. This is like eight Ks to go. No way it goes clear. Next minute, Carling's on the front, not Kazinios don't really want to go for the stage. They don't care. Buddy, 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 buddy. Who else is pacing? Zoccarato Erasure. Oh, sorry, yeah. Buddy on the Erasure. (laughs) Uh, The guy in the green jersey, well, not the green jersey, but a green jersey from Bardiani. Zoccarato just attacked and humbled on like 30 seconds, but I'll let you continue. That's how we knew they were going slow. Yeah. Because no offense to Zoccarato, but we haven't mentioned him on the pod before, I don't think, to date. Um, he was able to hang at 30 seconds from the big group behind. So no one really took control of bringing Rubio back. He's on 50 seconds going up to a minute with 5Ks to go, and it's done. He's got a tailwind. There's, yes, a bit of headwind, I think, in the final 1,500 meters, but he's a good climber. I know it is 5%, but some of the kilometers are 7%, 6.5%. The last one's not as steep. And just no one took control of either attacking across to Like, no one even tried to attack across to him. Now, I, I don't want to be... Maybe I was guilty of it when we first started the pod, when I was like, just attack, just attack, just attack. And Pro's <laughs> like, oh, well, actually, it's a bit harder than you think to do that. In this case, I feel like Lechnerson or... I don't want to pick on him again, but there were teams that could have tried something a bit different. Firmly agree. I think the thing I want to note is that I think it's torture watching this, as in like in the peloton, seeing so many teams that are not responding and so forth. And then Quickstep is a team that goes to the front and keeps on pacing. Ineos had some riders and did some work there as well, but I feel like Quickstep took the upper hand there with Seri pacing quite a long time, perhaps a bit too long because he was really out of energy the last few minutes of his effort. And then Verwake didn't take over, I think. It was Schmidt instantly, I think, after that who took up that role quite for a long time and was the one that really took up the last like three to one kilometer, I would say, to 500 meters before the end probably, but we saw Rubio in the final portion, so we didn't really see uh, the portion from 1K to 500 meters in the peloton, but Schmidt was done for with 1.1K to go, and the gap had actually gone down from like a minute to 35 seconds, and I'm like, with 35 seconds, with 1.5 kilometers to go, if... There's more domestiques. This can be taken back. If Ervak is on point, if Sari doesn't have the puncture, then they might be able to bring this back with a proper lead out. But that's not the case here because they don't have those riders and no other riders are pulling it. But then again, should Quickstep even remotely have bothered actually trying to close it down? Shouldn't they just be fine with Rubio taking the stage like 50 seconds ahead? It's, I'm fine with him being 30 seconds behind Remco in GC. And I'm fine with the fact that Yates is still behind and then Remco can have a sprint at the end. Did they even go too far in trying to take the stage? Or do you applaud them for trying to take the stage and make the stage a bit interesting? I think they were more like, they've got to make the stage hard enough so it's actually Remco sprinting at the end of a climbing effort. You can't have him sprinting 
from a group of 50 or 40. So, no, I've got no issue with what Quickstep really did. They did the best with the resources they could. Schmidt and Seri, they were fully gassed climbing. And you also don't want to have Remco fielding attacks with three Ks to go himself. That just gets into an unnecessarily messy situation. But, yeah, Rubio wins the stage. Big congratulations to Movistar. It's a, like, they couldn't have planned it better. They hit at the right moment with no strong climbing domestiques on the front. They got Rubio an immediate gap with Torres, and he was he must be in good shape. Like I don't know the climbing estimations yet, but he's a small guy. He must have been in good shape, even if they were dilly-dallying a bit in the group behind. To hold them off for that length of time on a drafting climb is really impressive, taking his first win let alone his first World Tour win. He was in that break with Thomas de Gent back in the day when de Gent gifted Ghana the Giro stage win. But yeah, Movistar looking... Movistar, EF, DSM, are all looking much better than they did. Maybe yeah. it's the recency bias, but definitely EF. That's facts. They're looking better than they did this time last year. Um, so yeah, congrats to them and Movistar. They had a plan they executed, Benji. Yep, I agree with that. And there, there's just the aspect that it's still early season. We can talk about the fact that we haven't gone to the races that Analpacin is speaking for, for example. They haven't sent Phillips into this race. They're focusing on the classics with him and Van der Poel, for example. So that team is the only team, I think, without victories at the moment in World Tour. I think all the other teams have been lined up because I, I recall Kung winning. So Groupama's out. Teraj Dezer has won with Parepentre. Um, we had Arkea win with Vaucalin. So... Every Walter team except Alpacin has won a race so far, and Jumbo Visma as well hasn't really hasn't really hit their top yet because their riders still haven't really gone to the races that they need to go to their top leaders. So maybe that's also an aspect that certain bigger teams are focusing on the races that are later in the calendar, and therefore the riders of teams that are smaller can also focus and take grabs in early races. And maybe that's a tactic by those teams to try and get something in the early stages where possible. And uh, well. It's definitely paying off, that's for certain. Now, on this specific stage, I do think that Rubio had a bit of luck with the dynamic in the peloton, but hey, they went for it and they got the victory. So there's no complaining about Movistar here. Torres with a, a performance that I didn't expect him to see. The last time I think I saw Torres was that stage in the Giro that Campenarts won, where he was like dropping on one of the last hills or something. Campenarts versus uh, Rizabek, that sprint. Vaguely oh, remember that? Yeah, that year it was a bit <laughs> tough, some of those stages. Um, was that lockdown or after that? Oh, I think the year after that. But talking about stages, how about we get a, a small discussion going after we run through GC about the parkour of like UAE Tour? But first of all, what's the, what's the GC looking well, like Rem- at the moment? Well, yeah. Remco destroyed everyone in the sprint in the end. So if he did have it brought back by Quick Step, he would have won this stage easily, one would think. Maybe people didn't try in the sprint because it was won by Rubio? I don't think so. He There were bonus seconds up for grabs. Yates came second in that group sprint and then stopped trying and nearly lost four bonus seconds um, by not pedaling through the line, which was bizarre. Lushenko fourth, Plap fifth, and here's where it gets a bit weird for me. Like, in terms of guys that were obviously strong enough to sprint but didn't pull and didn't try and attack or do anything else on the climb. Van Hoeker, 6th DSM. Glog 7th, Yumbo. Then Lechnesund, 8th DSM. Koos, 9th, Yumbo. So, four spots for two teams. Then Zvihoff 
and Buchmann are on the same time on 10th and 13th, as well as, yeah, Tarame and Menkes is not their climb. I'm not going to criticize them. They tried it last year and it didn't work. So, yeah, just a few teams might have tried something differently, but at the end of the day, it is the Jabal Jais uh, finish. But if you're not going to get anything out of GC here, may as well try something. Stefan Bod though, on 12th, I've been saying for years he's next Froome. He's going to be – he's where Froome was, and he's looking good at EF, so who knows. Some who? of the curious results, though, pun. What did you say? Stefan Bod, same same weight, oh. same height, same continent, and same age, same Palmares as Barlow World Froome, and same TT guy. <laughs> Yeah, well, he hasn't crashed in that world can. championships yet. True, Didn't Froome like have a crash at the start bike. of a time trial? I think that was like the B, <laughs> the B world champs yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, some of the curious results though was Tullet lost seven minutes. So he got dropped by Schmidt and then obviously just stopped riding uh, completely, which I was a bit surprised by. Uh, Hessman from Yumbo dropped... I thought he might make it a bit further because of his uh, what's in Tour de Lavenir. Trying to look through anyone else. Full Sang also got dropped, which was, yeah, not a great sign. But, well, actually, yeah, it's not great. They need the points, uh, Israel, I think. It <laughs> rests like this. But, yeah, yeah, GC, Remco goes into the lead. Benji, which is a big thing because the feet's not that hard. And Hog, it's, it's not Motorola. Draft no, but matters. it should be hard enough for a difference. Yates I expect the difference between the two there. Yeah, but... You think Yates will Yates drop and... Remco? I think he will. I think Adam Yates wins on Jabal Hafid. He better. But how much <laughs> he must at this point. I don't know. No clue. I don't think it will be a minute or three like it was in 20, uh, 19, 2020, whatever he was at. Uh, bike exchange back in the day or Mitchelton or whatever that, that team was called back in the day, Green Edge Cycling. Anyway, uh, that, that's, that's talking about the parkour for a second. Like, Jabel Jays is a climb that is almost never selective. And we see that in all the years in the past that it's really not a selective climb. Is it bad to have a climb like that in the race? Because this were a really bad stage. Like, and the last few years, it has been an overhyped stage throughout. Who or is hypes it? it? Because we are who hypes Javel Jais? Come on, who are, the, who are these Do people we? doing it? Of course, <laughs> are we doing it or uh, not? <laughs> I love this stage because it's so, so weird. Like I like weird <laughs> stages, weird results. Like Ina Rubio getting a tug buddy to win with like a group of fifty not chasing behind, not in a Grand Tour. Completely bizarre, like completely weird <laughs> stage. Um, I like it. it. You've got to grind these, Benji. Would it kill the race if there was two stages of Jabal Hafid like a few years ago? Uh, would that make the GC too early decided? That's what happened in 2020, I think. Yates destroyed Poggy on first Hafid, and then Pagaccio yep. won the sprint on second Hafid, but didn't take enough time, and Yates won GC. I would like the parkour to be the same with one less sprint, and one Hatterdam. Because Caleb can do well on Hatterdam, and Bennett, I think, has even done okay on Hatterdam. So why is Hatterdam not in? Bring back Hatterdam, I say. They're just yep, a punchy effort to mix take. it up. 
I think that's a good take. And I also heard from uh, our homeboy Luke that the road is technically wide enough on Jabal Hafid that you can split it up in two so you can get, go up and down the same road. But that might require a, a lot of barriers, no, for the entire climb? But it would be funny. You know you can afford that, come on. Like, they've got the treasure chest for a few <laughs> barriers, okay? Get us up and down Jabal Hafid three times in a stage. Nah, because then people won't go. They got to make this easy <laughs> for people to go because they can't make it too hard. Um, but yeah, Avon Paul leading GC. I think he's going to win GC easily. He looks completely in control. Uh, I'd actually almost be surprised at this point if Yates drops him because UAE haven't looked that good this week or cohesive. Um, and Avon Paul looks really, really good. So he just has to follow Yates. And I think the draft matters quite a bit. And Plap has to now attack Remco and take bonus seconds or really gap him. So that's going to be an uphill battle, quite literally, for him on Jabal Hafid. Tomorrow's stage is the Dubai Harbour Sprint. So just tune in for the last 10Ks, probably. I don't think there's typically crosswinds here, but don't hold me to that. Maybe check your local Dubai weather forecast. They go around the, I think the Palm Jumeirah, like back and forth. I think Benji has a couple of flats there. And then, yeah, there's a big right-hand turn at 700 metres for a finish. Who you got? I think I'm going to go with the thing about an actual proper sprint. If it comes down to a proper sprint without echelons happening throughout the stage, I think they go into the desert for one moment in the stage. So there's possibility there, but worse for quick step a proper sprint. I think it's worse for Cavendish and for Ewan. I think it's worse for quick step. I think Bert is perfect in that size group after hard cross wins. Sam Wellsford wins. Not bad, not bad shout. Who's his launcher? I've got absolutely got a... no clue, so I'm... Someone crashed Edmondson is here? DSM. I think they got a nice train. Someone did crash from DSM, but I oh, yeah. worry Moved about Anderson. who his last Tobias. man is. Tobias yeah. Anderson is. I'm going to go with Cav. Let's go Cav. Okay. I think he's looking good. I think he's looking sharp. Maybe, yeah. I hope Cav wins. I think he was he won here last year. Let's go, Cav. Um, well, I actually don't <laughs> care, but he can win. Someone else can win as long as it's a good sprint. This is the first Mate, like proper sprint. It's we'll good have. for your highlight video if Cav wins. True, <laughs> true. Like, I can't be having I don't know Ina Rubio, <laughs> Ina Rubio leading out Albert Torres, Torres with the finesse well, attack. <laughs> if Rubio wins the sprint tomorrow, then it's gonna be a banger of a video. <laughs> If he wins it, we shut it down. Well, I, I'm sorry, this race no longer merits coverage. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to look. Alperson is weird, isn't it? Like you said, Benji. Like, there. Bauhaus, it's not that technical. I don't know. Should be a big sprint. I'm looking forward to it. Benji's nonplussed. <laughs> Benji's out on UAE Tour. I'm still trying to hold the fort. I will hype up Chiboe Chase next year. We'll do the same thing again. <laughs> but that's all from us today. We'll see you with the recap tomorrow. Thanks to Swift as always. Till then, ciao. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.